hey, 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 Jimmy Fame. Welcome to Jimmy Fame Presents. Wait, no. We're not, we're not. Okay, let's start over. Hey, Scrubbers, Jimmy Fame, Jimmy Fame here. Letting you know that next week you'll be getting a very special, very famous bonus against the machine. That's right, Jimmy Fame. Jimmy Fame is proud to bring to you, thanks to some generous contributions from listeners like yourselves, maybe even yourselves, the inaugural episode of Jimmy Fame Presents Bonus Against the Machine. More pod for you, bot. Sponsored by Charlie the Lizard, folks. Chicken Emporium. More cluck for your buck. Jimmy Fame. Due to some unforeseen scheduling difficulties, your normal episode of Pot Against the Machine, Jimmy Fame, will, um... Oh, it's gonna be delayed a couple weeks. So, um, in the meantime, you'll be spending a little bit more time with old Jimmy Fame. Here is a quick preview of what is to come. Jimmy Fame. In a world gone mad, one bird turns a wheel and finds a treasure. Where's the treasure? Remains to be said, lad. I'll be playing Tolu Hammerpaw. Banram Divis. Hieronymus, Hiram, Keg Drainer. I'm, as you know, May Julie. Perception for initiative, everybody. 2E, let's go. I'm gonna sunder these waves so hard. It's wild. Hey, can we swear in this one? No. Just, okay. It's confirming. Let's get it out of the way early. So we immediately kill Hiram and then resurrect him and then break that leaf figure on the ground and see what happens. Microaggression, take a drink. I'll drink to that. We're nailing Pathfinder 2E. Uh, what I'm hearing is we're super good at second edition. <laughs> no, no. Hello, and welcome to Jimmy Fame Presents Bonus Against the Machine. More pod for your pod. Sponsored by Charlie the Lizard Folks Chicken Emporium. More cluck for your buck. Scrappers, this is all your fault. So, uh, Jimmy Fame, this is Pot Against the Machine. Pot Against the Machine. Welcome back to Pot Against the Machine, the only actual play podcast brave enough to reveal the truth that cops are filled with swarms of necrotizing butterflies who cannot be stopped even by death. I'm your host, and here's everybody. <laughs> Hello. 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 When last we left our heroes, they had a nice encounter with Numerian law enforcement, wherein Kira got mad and uh, ran at it with a chainsaw and the party ended up just absolutely destroying Sazaduke with a couple fireballs and I want to say meteors, but the meteors didn't hit him. The meteors hit the swarms of butterflies. Yeah, the thing with him was making his own bones attack him. Yeah, they just magically crunching up those bones and shooting them and then the 
butterflies came out of the literal woodwork and there were thousands of them and, and Kira had to run away and it was very sad for her, but everybody else hit them a bunch. That's where we are now, with the smoldering corpse of a gargoyle just hanging out. I'm going to say as soon as the uh, second storm of butterflies goes down, Kira like whips around to stare at Brixby. Her expression is like both furious and kind of in awe. Um, and looks like she's gearing up to say something, just like scream at him, and then instead just goes to her knees and gives him a hug, like almost bowls him over. Um, not quite crying because she's still very angry, but like, we didn't die. Um, and after she calms down for a second, and be like, that was really stupid, but thank you. Also kind of cool. I don't know if you can teach me that one, but I would like to learn. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, uh, I'm good. And and actually, yeah, I can, I can teach you that one. I could, I can make you uh, one of these squirrely dudes that could uh, do that. Wow, I uh, didn't even know what to expect, but um, yeah, I'm glad you're okay. Glad we're all entirely undamaged by the butterflies. They wave Asher over, and they're like, "Good job, everyone." <laughs> Yeah, we resolved the entire situation without violence. The the victimless crime for that way we can just keep the same jackets the whole time. It doesn't. <laughs> is is everyone else all right? Nathan, speak to me. <laughs> Pause for Foley of dropping a <laughs> bowl of Jello down a set of stairs. <laughs> Uh, Kira suddenly feels a hand on her back, and she feels as though she's the equivalent of 20 hit points better, and she just hears a voice say, Hello. You look like you got hurt. And Alwyn is just standing next to her and appears to have cast Cure Moderate Wounds. Uh, she jumps a little bit and then kind of, Oh, um, thank you. Thanks. Hey, are you okay? Those butterflies uh, were super interested in you. I'm okay. They were dangerous, though. I'm glad they're gone. Yeah, probably for the best. And Kira will walk over and grab her chainsaw. No, it's it's broken. It's just destroyed. I refuse. Nope. <laughs> Quit the podcast. Might probably want to put a new battery in, too. Yes, I will also put a new battery. Done. That little uh, media trick was... Uh... Pretty interesting. And, and Asher, that was good shooting. The, that last shot, how you got them all to line up like a thousand in a row and just hit them all with the one bullet. That was just incredible and, and big stuff. Thank you again. You're too kind. And Asher will pop four Leon hands onto Kira for a uh, total of 34 hit points back. Oh. That's 343. Nice. Okay. Uh, cool. That's good. She's nine down. We're good. Thanks. If she's nine down, I can do another cure. It's a quick nine. Full of healers now. I oh, do no, 11. So she's back to full. Uh, I guess Brix is down eight if you still want to pet this dog. I don't know. That is 13 points of healing. Oh, wow. That is a lot. Thank you so very much. As he uh, leans down and pats Brick on the head. Brixby looks like he hates it, but he actually enjoys it. A little scratch behind <laughs> the ears, just the position for it. All right, that's enough, that's enough. 
and Sassaduke's brother, Jazaduke, appears. Jazaduke? <laughs> I love the idea. Just, what's up, cat daddies? Oh, where's my brother? Oh, Isn't no. Just Duke. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> Can't stop thinking of a jazzy gargoyle now. <laughs> Pursuant to order 4713-28. Let's jive, get funky. <laughs> uh, but speaking of jazzy gargoyles, Brixby's going to wander over, just say. Weirdly, he nope. doesn't have anything. Not anything? Oh, well, I'm not, I'm not even here to loot your corpse. I'm just here to mouth off to it. Oh. Cantering over, pulling out his tiny hat that he canonically got from Western Knight, doing his best Asher impression to pull it down, shading over his eyes. You're gonna have to get up pretty early in the morning, partner, to catch this right. Are you okay, Brixby, did you... Were you magically slowed by some effect? <laughs> yeah, he can't hear you, Brix. I just... It, it seemed cool. I was... Well, anyway, uh, looks like he's got a lot of stuff. Uh, you want to all come take a look? Certainly. Would love to look at that sword and I think stab I... him with it or whatever. Alwyn, welcome to your first uh, corpse raid. You do this often. It seems not a very nice thing. Well, yeah, but he started it by trying to kill Brixby. Well, arrest Brixby, I guess. Same, same. I remember when we spoke to Dolgar, we, we sort of had the impression Sazaduke may have been reporting things to Starfall, or at least we suspected he might. It's worth making sure that he doesn't have some sort of magic or technological item on his person that might be, I don't know, sending information as we speak. How would we know if it was sending information? We could do our best to investigate anything technological or magical. Kira just looks at Brixby. Time to loot that corpse. <laughs> get in there, Halloween. Just get all grabby. Yeah, on hearing anything magical, he's going to just kind of kneel down next to it, hold his hands over the corpse, and just cast Detect Magic for however long it takes to identify everything. Well, there is only one magical thing on him. That is that weird green sword. Uh, the other things he has are a suit of full plate and a pretty fancy-looking scary helmet. But neither of those are magic? Uh, neither of them are magic. So that's an 18 for the sword. Spellcraft. Ah, that's not going to be enough. Rixby's going to lean over his shoulder and just be like, uh, not much better. I rolled a nine for a 21. Yeah, you don't know what this thing is. All right. Uh, throw it all in the bag, I guess. Well, not the corpse, but the other things. I don't know if we want to, um, possibly dispose of his items in a, in a different way. If we want to hide them, if we want to bury them. But if we sell a distinctive helm like this in any Ardenvay or anywhere in Numeria, let alone possibly use this sword, which is pretty cool, by the way, uh, we might run the risk of drawing extra attention. 
Whether he's reported back or not, per Asher's concern, it stands to be seen. He might have, um, let someone know before pursuing us. Sounds bad for old Frisbee Redtail, wherever he is. Does that mean we can't take the sword with us? Sword's definitely going in the bag. Yeah, no, the sword's going in the bag. <laughs> oh yeah, we're taking we the sword. We can't use the sword, or we're concerned about it. Listen, ideally, by the time someone recognizes that- The sky's weapon. Yeah, there we go, done, perfect. Uh, that cool helmet, is it just interesting, or does it have any, like, hey, knowledge engineering, it's a technological helmet, or something like that? It's not technological or magic, so I'm not sure what you would really roll to identify it, but mechanically, it is a masterwork tool which um, grants a plus two to demoralize checks uh, in order to demoralize an enemy while wearing the helmet. Oh, nice. Oh, we should definitely hold on to this for Kira when it is less gauche to be like, oh, yeah, we do big gargoyle murder. But like, yeah, if you can pop that on. <laughs> yeah, like... because she doesn't have anything like a headband, right? So she can wear a helmet. Uh, Yeah, no, I took a belt of con, so I've got a whole head. And if you use that, you know, cheap Joanne's glitter, it'll just make it even more intimidating. <clears throat> Jeff, I see your Joanne's comment, and I will wait to remark. <laughs> Let us proceed. And Alwyn, after looking over the sword and knowing it's magic, but not knowing what it is, he finally goes, Oh, this was that very rude gentleman from the town. Do you know him? Yes. He asked me about who I was. He wasn't very nice, though. Yeah, we didn't get along with him great either, obviously. Yeah, I mean, that rat fur could have come from literally anywhere. Have you seen what those bungalows look like? Covered in rat fur. So you're cool with the casual murder of authority figures, then? Just just really trying to suss out your alignment here. Well, he was very rude. And he attacked us first, so it's probably okay. So you're like, polite, neutral, right? <laughs> He totally didn't attack you no, first. No, he, 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 he totally did. Um, they both reached for the gun. I didn't. Okay. I, I was quite peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> did he have his, uh, like, trapper keeper full of documents and stuff with him? No, it doesn't look like he brought that stuff with him. <sighs> did he go back to check out the other stuff? Um, so, now... Before we uh, proceed on, we should uh, consider the ramifications of this besides this very cool sword, which is one. This is now a body that we have to figure out what to do with. Uh, I'll admit I'm not exactly the moral compass of the party, so throw him in the, you know, greenery and let the butterflies take care of him is enough for me but did want to put that out there. Second, we do have to think about what I found inside his bungalow. He was as fastidious a record keeper. Chances are he said that he was on his way out to uh, interact with us. But I don't know if we can turn around to handle that now. That's also assuming he didn't send a missive off before coming. Well, if he did... They'd still have to track us down. I guess they'd have a pretty decent head start, but maybe the bigger point is that I don't know what we could do from here if he'd sent something else. But I can throw his body in that pile of trees, and excuse me, in the cops. 
<laughs> I'm less concerned for our well-being than if his sudden disappearance may draw more attention to Torch or put the town in any danger. Alright, so we put him on Nathan and then we put a wineskin in his hand and we just put a brick on the gas pedal and just aim him toward the cops. Let him roll him into. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are we going to do Weekend at Bernie's again? Because that never gets old. Throw the V-Mons on him. Yeah. We're just having a good old time with our buddy, Sazaduke. Gargoyle just shows up naked and charred in town. Because he took his armor. It's true. And he's all in like weird directions. I imagine that Bone Shaker does the same thing that Boneitis does in Futurama or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) My only regret is that I have Boneitis. I'm going to leave a a letter that says, um, I was not murdered. I uh, am allergic to butterflies. Yeah. Don't inquire into this further. <laughs> well, between said butterflies and their possible return, and we've ourselves experienced the hazards of the planes firsthand, there could well be acid rain. Obviously not within the next 24 hours, as I <laughs> determined via the weather, but could be you know, in the following day or two. So then should we leave him out for the rain? Hmm. Is there an acid pond we can roll him into? <laughs> Is there a convenient, like, corpse disposal tool nearby? Maybe a couple hundred gallon jug. If we just wait, the butterflies will come back and eat him, right? That's true. If we just put a sign out for the butterflies. Yeah, you seem to be in a butterfly area. A corpse-eating butterfly area, specifically. Yeah. I mean, he plausibly could be coming to pursue us to have a, a spirited debate about the um, the amount of power that Starfall can execute over local local baronies. And uh, he got eaten by some butterflies that also stole his cool sword. It happens, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of every true crime podcast I've ever listened to. And I was like, no, because 20 years from now, someone is going to find those butterflies and be like, he was dead before the butterflies got there. <laughs> but 20 years from now, it'll be like, fine, right? We're good. Brixby, Vargas, yeah. most of us will be dead. We'll all be long dead from yeah. something else by then. <laughs> Though Asher's an elf, so. Fair. Spoilers. <laughs> looks human to me. <laughs> all right, so what are we doing? What's the plan? We stashing him, leaving him out in the open? Real power move, or? If there's a center, like, area of cops that is, uh, you know, shielded from the sides, but maybe has a, some sort of chimney or opening to allow acid rain to fall through, like a <laughs> circle of trees, which is basically a cops. I mean, the whole thing is the cops, you know? It's all beautiful, sl- somewhat canopied, somewhat not canopied. Perfect place. Roll him into partial hiding and call it a day. Yeah, let's just tenderize him, hit him with the Hidden Valley, like ranch powder or whatever, you know, the <laughs> butterflies would like, and then just let him go. Not going to sprinkle him with uh, butterfly corpses? No, you, you pour ranch and tree pollen goo to over him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, uh, so let's drag him off the general causeway and maybe 
stash him a little bit, but not too much that the butterflies couldn't get the nausea on. Uh, how long have we been... Sorry. sorry. I was going to ask how the butterflies felt on cilantro. Like, did they have the gene or not? Should we Ooh. sprinkle them with a little bit? Like that or good or bad one? Iffy. <laughs> it, it's always dicey. You know? Yeah. Because you never know. It's just like such a fresh flavor, you know, on... All right, we'll just we'll we'll split the difference and cover them in peanut M and M's. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> M and M's and color. Irresistible. Oh, the, you've repelled them all. They no. were coming. We'll do peanut butter M and M's, maybe. No, we want the butterflies to eat them. Right. There's so many huge swarms on the map, people. Why? <laughs> How long have we been riding? And also, oh my goodness, so many butterflies. Um. Yeah, I mean, okay. So how what are how are we doing? Re riding out into the sun. <laughs> oh my gosh, are we? I, I'll come back to this. It's fine. I think we we'll should all get small tattoos on our lower back of this, this terrifying <laughs> foe that we defeated. Let's all just VC four tiny butterfly tattoos right here, right at the lower. No. It's the next bastion of friendship is tattooing each other. <laughs> Brixby just already has one, and he's trying to convince everybody. Oh, look at that! I already <laughs> do. Hey, it's uh, it's got some tribal. Ah, uh, you've got that old scamp stamp. <laughs> oh, salad. Oh wow. All right, so you have stashed the corpse of Sassaduke in the woods, not hidden too badly, but hidden enough from casual observers for the time being at least and um, now that you're living that semi-stashed kind of life baby, a baby um, I want something else <laughs> which in uh, the case of that song is some sort of speed yeah, in case you're wondering a, yep. yeah yeah. that song's about the lead singer's crystal meth addiction that he kicked not long before writing it so you're winding down towards the end of the first day on the road. Uh, you can probably still put a little bit of distance between yourselves and the scene of your horrible, horrible crime without doing a forced march or anything. We do that. I, I do like that. That sounds like a mm-hmm. good idea. You don't want to camp in the butterfly forest. Mm, pass. No. No, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, the first day passes without much more incident. And you can camp out on the road. And um, Alwyn gets back one point of con damage, so that's nice. And, um, yeah, you're back on the road again. You turn around, going back to cor- or Torch, going back to the scene of the crime to check on the corpse, make sure the authorities haven't shown up yet. <laughs> we were just curious. Just wanted to stop by. Oh, is that a corpse over there? Wow. Wow. Oh, weird. What, who would have guessed? No, I don't think we're going back there. I think we're continuing on toward. Well, the second day on the road is much more eventless than the first. Um, you make your ways out towards the west and uh, following the road leading south towards the Numerian border and uh, camp. Then the third day is quiet as well. And then the final day of uh, travel after going a solid 140 miles. Well, is there anything you all wanted to do over those um, those couple days on the road? You did kind of a little bit of fast travel there, but 
I'm sure Asher didn't want to fix any guns or anything. Uh, yeah, so we had three days after that? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, Brixby's gonna scribe scrolls every night, and on the third day, he's gonna go to Kira and go, uh, so, yeah, that, um, thing I did that, that you can also do, it's, uh, it's in this, so, uh, it gives them a gust of wind scroll. Um, yeah, Kira will take the scroll, um, and just kind of stare at it for a little bit, and then maybe as Brick starts to walk away, she'll like, wait, 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 wait. I know it wasn't your fault that I don't blame you, and I don't hate you. I just am not very good at the friend thing, and I don't know. I don't want to wake up one day and you're gone too, okay? So, like, we don't have to fight anymore, and when I say we, I mean mostly you, because obviously you were the one being aggressive and hostile. Um, But we can stop. (laughs) <laughs> we can stop that now and I will accept this scroll as a token of your forgiveness my our forgiveness mutual forgiveness scroll yes this is a custom with my people and um well big stuff I appreciate it I um I'll be honest I never totally figured Vargas out when we were originally traveling together and the day that he told me he wanted to leave us and figure something out before he met us again he uh he showed me a different side of a vulnerability something that uh maybe he wasn't ever comfortable showing before but I um hmm Something changed in him when he died and he came back. I know I've said it before, but I'm just glad I have you and, and Asher and and well, even even Halloween over there. I also have a little bit of OCD, so traveling as like an odd number is really just not doing it for me. So I've heard you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the 60 feet, any direction from you. Just speak the word and poof, there you go. I'll sort of um, nod, tuck the squirrel away. Cool. Thanks, Bricks. I'm sorry about... Nah, no, don't, don't, don't. I get it. And honestly, I deserved it. Good night, big stuff. Bye. And we're consumed by the titanic butterfly. <laughs> Never should have camped in the butterfly cups. That's true. That's the first lesson they teach you. Asher fix a gun each morning, no matter what you say. Uh, the first day, he tried to get a feel for the weather and rolled an at one and was, couldn't make heads or tails of it. But today, on our third traveling day, barely squeaked by the DC 15 or the 17 on survival. So that's like the next two next 24 hours that is of weather knowledge is in this clearly human dome uh, <laughs> yeah and I mean it looks like there might be a light sprinkle now and then depending on how sad people are but um, no major <laughs> weather events 
Also, whenever someone mentions Vargas's name, it just starts raining for like five minutes and then stops again. <laughs> just hear his name on whispered on the wind. Vargas. Unintentional. just shakes his head. I hope your mic is picking that up. That's not good. <laughs> Asher would have tried to, in his own awkwardness, make conversation with Alwyn and try and you know, see what more he can glean from him about, like, what's up with the colony, and you traveled far to get, you know, just trying to f- figure out more of his deal and learn more about him. So, Alwyn, I'm curious, if I remember correctly, you mentioned that you sat on a big chair or something like that? Yes, the colony said I was special. So I got to sit in the big chair. And after we had to move after the sun people, they built me another one. It wasn't as nice, but it was still just as big. I don't know that I'm familiar with sun people. Did they cause trouble for you and your people? They were very mean. They hurt a lot of people. And everyone that was left had to leave. Sorry to hear that. Were these sun people... Did they call themselves this, or was that what you and the colony, the term you used for them? Oh, the other people in the colony called them Crusaders, I think. But I called them the Sun People, because they all had big suns on their armor and shields. Ah, well, I'm certainly sorry to hear they caused so much trouble for you and yours. Sounds as though the colony has gone through quite a bit. And you say you're the only survivor. Yes, I'm the only one left. After we moved the first time, it was hard to get new people to join. And everybody else, some of them got sick, and some of them got old. And just all kinds of things happened. And did you hear tell of this, or were you there the whole time, you see? Some of them got old as though you are older than they are. Can't quite tell how old you might be, but you don't seem old enough to tell tales of generations. I'm not sure exactly how old I am, but everyone in the colony's been gone for a long time. Several months at least. Well, I'm glad that you've found your way here. It's been good having your assistance in battle and healing. I'm sure you'll like Vargas. When we meet him, he's no doubt already waiting for us in Yadden Bay. Definitely. <laughs> totally. He says, I'd like to meet him. I've met a lot of new people since leaving, and a lot of them have been very nice. That's good to hear. I know that some people were a little shy around you, and Torch has been through a lot lately, but I'm glad that on... By and large, the people you met have been kind to you. Most everyone's been nice. I know sometimes people get nervous around me, because I look a little different. But when I keep my hood up, it seems fine. It's unfortunate that not everybody is as accepting of differences in appearance, but we are your friends, and if you prefer to keep your hood up or down, we're on the road now, and... Whatever's comfortable for you. Well, 
if you're okay with it. And he takes his hood off and the long, long hair comes out and you see the weird eyes again and the just weirdly perfect symmetrical face. It's just kind of very uncanny valley. And he says, it's less hot without my hood on. Absolutely. Small talk, small talk, small talk. <laughs> well, um, now that we come to the fourth day and it's nice and early in the morning, you're approaching Idenvay. I don't know if anybody wants to hide anything or if you want to go out fully equipped as you were on the road or what's the plan? Uh, Kira will brandish the chainsaw above her head <laughs> and the bastard sword in the other hand and just sort of ride in that way. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, grenade launcher in one hand, auto grapple <laughs> in the other for Asher. It's a war cry of his people. I assume like maybe the day before um, while Brixby still has some time to prepare spells, Brixby is going to talk to the group and say, so the uh, group bought this uh, this scroll, this spell that I learned. We can make this chainsaw look like anything. Um, and Asher, if you would prefer any of your other technological items, we could make look like something else. But uh, I need to know how many instances of this I'm supposed to prepare today. Also, big stuff, what do you want it to look like? Can you make it look like a small puppy? It has to look like another weapon of that size. Perhaps a mini Doberman pincher. Yeah, if you give it <laughs> teeth, it can still look like a weapon. All right, uh, so it's a, a chain of chihuahuas. That's what it is. Just a long chain of, of chihuahuas all just bound together. <laughs> and that would definitely draw less attention. I mean... It does make more sense since she just leaves it running all the time. So you'd assume they're just growling at you chihuahuas just... Mm -hmm. Kira just walks into town leading, yeah, 38 chihuahuas on a chain. Yeah, sure, in case you want me to do, uh, disguise any of your technological items. I think for now, if there's room in the bag of holding, they're, they're not ones that I wield with enough regularity that I would be concerned about preserving or disguising their appearance. You can simply store them and retrieve them if it becomes necessary. Okay, that sounds good. We'll just store them in the bag. Uh, I suppose I could always just do this later if need be, but in the meantime... The Brixby cast disguise weapon on Kira's weapon. <laughs> um, and... For, for S's and, and G's, as we say on this podcast, he's going to use a uh, cast off the lesser extent metamagic rod to, to make that an all-day situation. Uh, 14 hours of Chihuahua chain. That's clearly not enough. Well, as you um, come at Idenvay uh, from the north, uh, the road basically leads right towards the gate on the um, northeastern side of town and you can see like they have a, a pretty hefty sized wooden wall adorned with the antlers as you approach doesn't look the most inviting um, and as you come towards the heavy wooden gate at the uh, mounted in the menacing wooden wall you do see that there's a 
pole on the side of the road, like a big spike essentially, and stabbed on that spike is the torso of an impaled gearsman that still has like blades and arrows lodged in its steadily deteriorating body. So it's just a totally defunct robot that looks like it, it couldn't be repaired even if you tried. Um, that's probably been hanging there for ages. One assumes as a, a warning to anyone who might think to bring gearsmen or technology into this particular town. We would never. Never. Uh, why would you? I, I wouldn't. Certainly wouldn't think that you all specifically would bring any technology. No, I wasn't just looking to remind myself what my bluff modifier was in case it came up. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Wait, why do you have 34 chihuahuas? <laughs> Emotional support animals. A friend of mine just recently betrayed us in the middle of the night, and I've been feeling kind of rough <laughs> about it, so. <laughs> so the gate actually stands open at this time of day. It doesn't look like there's um, like an armed guard posted or anything. Um... So we don't know if this is like a purely for display thing or maybe they only lock it at night or what. You can just ride right into town. And it's a fairly bustling town. I mean, there's people like everywhere as, as you get close going about their business, um, doing, I'm not sure what day of the week it is, but as you come towards the gate, like there are farms on your left. It's mostly farmland and there's people working the fields there. Uh, looks like also actually to the right the whole entrance to the town is basically farmland wrapped in the wall before you get to the more populous parts of the city um, a little ways in of several hundred feet um, but straight ahead where the road basically leads to this big hillock that overlooks the majority of the town and there is uh, the largest immediately visible building I can ping it on the map there uh, is sort of overlooking things from up on that hill in a sort of torch-like arrangement, but and there's no fire coming out of the top of this hill. It just looks like a hill. And the walls have as many deer antlers on them as the like pickup trucks where Jarrell comes from do? <laughs> oh, there's so many deer antlers, and I don't know if they're just showing off at this point or they just really are committed to the aesthetic. The walls just all say real tree. <laughs> we actually don't. Florida Rednecks don't actually use a lot of deer antler and things because we only have key deer here and they don't have good racks. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. So how about where I come from? Cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> On the way over, knowing that this is a big Arastal town. Arastal is a pretty common deity, but it would probably be worth throwing an island religion check to just see if there's anything in particular that uh, might refresh my memory on tenets or epithets or just general, you know, anathema maybe. Uh, only a 13 total, but he's super common, so probably like reduce the DC. Yeah, I mean, he is um, one of the most commonly worshipped gods in like general especially um rural society so you generally know it's, it's big into family keeping the peace doing your duty and um 
very anti like Vargas kind of behavior, like abandoning people and time of need or anti Brixby of like lying or you know. Hey, they don't know that. that well, I'm just so saying, like a rascal knows. No, <laughs> uh, speaking of that, Brixby did also toss one in the in the roll twenty chat. Got a seventeen for a twenty-seven. So maybe he just like canters up beside uh, Asher and shares a couple aphorisms. I wonder how they'd feel about someone's friend abandoning them in the middle of the night. I guess we could ask them. Although, if he really is meeting us here, it won't even be a concern. We should probably go and see if he's checked into the local tavern already, or we'll just get, you know, five beds. I think, yeah, actually, as soon as Asher says that, Kira kind of, like, perks out, like, maybe he is here already. We should find him. I think if we just start shouting his name, he'll probably come to us. He loves that sort of thing. (laughs) Rix, did he give you, like, a day estimate? Should we keep an eye out, or is there a meeting place? Are we doing that thing where we just kind of feel it out? He didn't. He, I mean, in, in, all he said was, Yadenvei. Uh, uh, I've said this before when I was describing it. He didn't give me a time frame. He didn't say when he'd be here. He said he'd meet back up with us. And uh, even though I did bring up that it would be hard to rendezvous, I think he just seemed to rely on the fact that we would always find each other in Torch, despite never truly setting a time. And I only rolled a 9 for my bluff, which is a 17. I'm not going to contest that, because Kira believes Brixby is telling the truth. Why would you? Like, yeah, absolutely. Okay. She looks disappointed, um, but it's like, okay, yeah, all right. Well, we'll keep an eye out for him. Well, I can detect evil within 60 feet, and... To walk away like that certainly does betray an alignment shift. So I, sh- I should get a good idea if we're within 60 feet of one another. Yes, but keep an eye out. I'm sure you'll find us cowboy, teenager, rat, and, and good Halloween here. Um, we make a distinctive quartet, I imagine. So let's keep an eye out. This is the worst. This is very much like like when a parent's just like, oh, yeah, your cat ran away. Yeah, I you're doubling down, buddy. Definitely didn't give them to uh, <laughs> anybody Can't else. Vargas for that one. Well, I mean. I mean, I guess a long standing. flush Vargas down the toilet. He's just <laughs> off on a journey. He flushed himself. If anything, he's just focusing. He's kind of trying to adjust expectations by being like, well. Like I said, any time he left, and and I mean, and the, like I, this is the unfortunate part of Brixby, who has had to lie a lot to survive. He did ele- incorporate as much truth as possible, being like he was difficult to communicate with and evasive, and it was hard to get him to promise to meet up with us at all. He said that he had something to take care of. I don't know what it is or how long it'll be. But I have to assume that he'll find us. And uh, we should ask for anyone with that sort of arm. From what I understand, we'll stick out here. Like a sore thumb. I mean, like I said, Kira 
doesn't like she has no reason to disbelieve that. She's like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, I think we'll probably turn back to Alwyn and start being. You're gonna love our friend Fargus. He's um, so kind, but we still really like him. <laughs> you better just like die out on the plane so you never have to come back and not only answer to the two of them but also Brixby. Yeah, this every day it gets a little worse for Vargas. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. And I will say, not as Vargas, but as somebody who plays him on TV, that was just such an awful thing for him to put on Brixby. So mean! And he basically knew, like, he said to Brixby, I know if I tell anybody else I'm going, they're either going to stop me or come with me. And I don't want that to happen. So you go lie to them for me. And that was just an awful thing for him to do. Even though he fully believes he'll meet back up with the group eventually, what he told Brixby was just give him an excuse, which was, yeah, he'll be there when we get there, which was, I mean, he hasn't even reached where he's going yet, kind of to peek behind the curtain. What was it, five days of travel? Mm. He's probably still not even halfway to where he's going. That was just not a nice thing for him to do. Like... I lie awake thinking about this. Just <laughs> me, Izzy, is offended by it. I was like, why? Like, I just can't get out. I'm like, why would you do that to your friend? That's so mean. Um, yeah, no, it's awful. Uh, Vargas <laughs> has lost a social point in yep. my. Kira doesn't yeah. care. Izzy is upset. Yeah, Brix is trickle truthing right now with the like, yeah, he doesn't. I don't know when he's coming. And uh, hell, it's going to take him, but he said he hadn't so he's just going to focus on the one untruth that he has already succeeded on a couple times with rolls and just probably not relitigate that again. <laughs> just hopefully go from here. But yeah, no. Um, Vargas should fully That's expect fine. Bixby to yep. be like, you said you were only going to be gone for a week. <laughs> My bluff is a lot higher than yours. <laughs> uh, with a natural 20, Alwyn walks up next to him with his 32 bluff and says... I think he's also going to be here eventually. <laughs> Great. All right. That's two people. Can't possibly yeah. not be here I am now. confident this person I never met will be here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Crime rat and the yellow thing yeah. say. That's enough to lie to yourself. I can't Aww. sense my own motive. Did we have a plan, friends, as far as how we may be locating Cassandra Lee? So I think once we get inside, we should probably try to find Cricket Lakes. Then, ah, uh, seems a bit of a better bet than those captious Druid brothers. What do you all think? Agreed. We do have that only lightly pancake-stained letter of introduction for Mylan. Just puts the syrup <laughs> on there and puts a signet ring in the <laughs> It's real Vermont maple syrup or Maine? Does Maine have maple syrup? Real Maine all, all, maple all, syrup. All of it, the whole Northeast. Yeah. All, as, as long as it's real, that's all that matters. And everyone claims to have the best, but the, it's the same trees. They're all the same species. <laughs> what about the soil, Sam? The terroir of the maple syrup. I'm probably offending some Canadian who listens to this podcast by laughing when I say the terroir of maple syrup. They're probably like pouring room temperature maple syrup into a snifter right now and stop and they're like, hey, 
Sorry, Canada. Oh, you're sorry. Go abs. <laughs> I was trying to make that joke, but I was trying to figure out how to make a Canadian accent, and you beat me oh, to that's it. That's the only Canadian I have. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you are basically not harassed at all um, coming in. If you want to start asking around uh, after where cricket legs might be, um, I believe, mechanically speaking, that's a diplomacy check to gather information. Can we aid Asher? Yeah. Sure can. Asher rolled a natural 17 for a dirty 30. Well, I rolled a two. <laughs> you better roll some D4 hours. Um, yeah, roll me up a D4 hours. Dose. Alright, so with two hours of walking around uh, bothering people, well, Kira and Brixby bother a lot of people, but Asher makes some pleasant acquaintances over that time. Uh, he gets pointed to where Cricket Legs works at the Boneyard, which is on the north side of town, because he is the town caretaker. Maybe have some polite conversations with people about, you know, wandering adventurers coming into town. Everybody's friendly enough, if a little standoffish. You have directions for where to find Cricket Legs. Is there a Charlie's in town? It's almost been a week. Oh, there's definitely a Charlie's, yeah. I, by my count, I know that you kind of hand-waved it, but it's either like Sunday or Moonday, right? Like, we're coming up on Toil Day. If It's it's like almost been a week since the pancakes on the ground. Almost. It's it's probably almost been a week, um, but it's not quite. I think it's the weekend right now, actually. Yeah, I, we just need to scope it out. Maybe start camping in lines so we can get to the front of the line on Toil Day this time. Just sort of, yeah, see what the vibe is like in there. And also, you know how sometimes if you go to, like, other countries, the McDonald's have different menus? Mm-hmm. So, like, That's fair. check out the Charlie's. Yeah. on the Charlie's, yeah. Look at the Royale with cheese. Yeah, it's actually, it's Moon Day. <sighs> so close. So My inner close. two for Toil Day sad. sense was going <laughs> off, so... <laughs> I do want to point out that it is exactly a month since the first day of the adventure. Wow. <laughs> oh my god! That's right. A month has passed. Wow. But also no time. No but time. But also no time. And I look back month. 30 days from this current point <laughs> in my Zach's life, and I'm just like, what have I accomplished in the last 30 days? You killed God in the last 30 days? Yeah, Summer Fridays had not yet so started yet. So many misfires. Also that, I have a chainsaw. Broken and repaired so many guns. So many. <laughs> well, the same ones oh. over and over, really. That's that's fair. <laughs> well, perhaps we should maybe pop by the tavern or inn and see if Vargas is there to accompany us on our way to the boneyard. We should be careful about how we ask for him, though. Who knows how he's... You know, he's a master of disguise and, and, and mystery. So I'm no. sure. <laughs> no, but we could just, although I don't want to draw attention to it pejoratively, we could ask about a colored man with burns on half of his face and leave out the whole sky metal arm. That would work. I would very much like to meet this Vargas. From what you said, he sounds like a nice person. He's great. I would love to hear the two of you get to know one another. (laughs) 
Actually, Jarell, you, you just have to bring Varg back for that. I'd love to hear that. About as much as I love to hear Sam talk with himself. Just do a whole ep of uh, Sazaduke Garrett and then Alwyn Vargas. And then Asher can talk to whichever Akira's two sisters he voices. I can't remember which one. Sage. That leaves Brixby and Emmy to hunt for Sage's boyfriend and Hajaf Akados, I suppose. Oh my gosh, Jerome, I can't even remember her name. <laughs> um, so I think with Asher's diplomacy check, you definitely would have found out that there isn't really an inn in town. They don't get a lot of visitors. They're sort of out in a remote area. Um, so the two options that outsiders have basically for staying is they can stay in the high home which is basically a, a tavern slash like visitors center like it's it's the biggest building in town and it's a sort of a place where the community gathers and stuff and there are places for people to stay there and then there's also a uh, local lumberman who uh, rents out campsites on his property and um, what's the what's the setup if we were to just walk up to the nearest sort of residential area and say we live here now? Um, you might get in um, a real argument with the people who actually live here. Okay. Yeah, what is this like local statutes on eminent domain as it <laughs> pertains to beds specifically? This is <laughs> apparently pretty relevant to this party at this juncture. Not to the whole party. <laughs> yeah, we're fully willing to get, give them <laughs> give them the beds during the daytime. They can have the beds from like morning until, you know, not but if morning. I were to get the bed by adverse possession by, you know, getting some water bills sent to the bed and, and what was the lumberman's name? Uh, the yeah. lumberman's name is Hedick Wildfoot. Isn't the same name that Kira's mom didn't give us when it was Kira's mom that it stayed on someone's land similarly, right? When they were telling this story to us, when we were in Torch, someone told us that they stayed on some like farmer's land or something. Was it? Yeah, I don't think she mentioned a name, but I mean, this sounds similar. I just think that that might be something that, I don't know, Kay might be interested in. But didn't your mom stay with, like, a lumberman or a farmer or something? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Kind of fun. We should go visit them. Maybe they'll remember her and they'll give us free snacks or a bed. Yes, as I recall, one of the old townsfolk had a large field and let Willow camp there for next to nothing, a logger. Apparently, because again, I I take the most studious notes. When we have exactly dinner at the Smith family absurd house. Notes. Uh, okay, so I mean, assuming we can potentially find this empty patch of land before the high house, I don't know if there's any reason to assume that's true. I guess I should probably share the map with all of you. It would be easier than describing it. The uh, lumber yard is basically on the south end of town, so it, it's you have to walk through the entire town to get there, whereas High Home is kind of in the middle, and um, the boneyard is kind of on the northern side. Now, the town is not huge, so it doesn't take forever to walk across it, but you're basically like all in a line fairly far apart. So... Are we coming in? If you said that we have to walk through town to get to the south, are we coming into the north gate then? 
is there a yeah, north gate? Is that okay? Cool. Yeah, you're so, coming in through the north gate. So I mean, you've been wandering around in the the general area of the north side of town, I'd say, uh, which puts you closest to the boneyard where Cricket Legs lives. Maybe we should connect with Cricket Legs first. See if maybe uh, he has any insight on uh, the, this logger or. Possibly, if any, um, burned, uh, not particularly talkative Kellids are staying at High Home. Is the letter addressed to Cricket Legs? I think he may have said Actus was his given name. Yeah, his name is Actus Edland. Um, his nickname is Cricket Legs. You can find, um, and the locals would have told you this, that Basically, the only fence in town is around the boneyard, um, and it's also surrounded by a high hedge on the inside of that fence. It sort of just hides everything um, from public view. Maybe people don't want to be looking at graves during their day-to-day lives, but they've pointed out to you how to get to the gate and you know go around the hedge open up the metal gate, go into the fence, and um, inside there's a, a modest house, um, and then there's a, a fairly large boneyard uh, that's less than a third uh, full, so it, it looks pretty empty. And there's like smoke coming out of the chimney of the little house, but there's nobody out and about in the little, f- in the sprawling field, which you can see all of from the gate. Um... So, before we go in, uh, Asher, this seems kind of your wheelhouse. I'm gonna hang back. I don't have a great track record of talking to the, uh, religious leaders. Well, I certainly don't mind handing the letter over and having some polite conversation. Just try not to cast any offensive spells at him if you don't mind. Even if you're nervous, it might be going poorly. No, 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 no. We, we, we need uh, this cleric to, to be bullied into healing and um, upgrading your gun again. So I'll hold off on the offensive spells until we're at the threatening portion of the negotiation. Asher had started to smile when he talked about <laughs> enchanting his gun, and then it looks a little bit dejected when you talk about the inevitable threatening part. See, <laughs> so it's uh, a coming. <laughs> He would uh, approach the door uh, with the introduction letter in one hand and then knock on the door with his other hand. After a moment, the you can hear shuffling uh, through the rather thin kind of ramshackle wooden door and then it opens up and there's a um, probably late teens, early 20s, um, heavyset tiefling girl um, opens it up and sort of cocks her head to the side and she says, Can I help you? What time of day is it, Sam? Is it evening at this point? No, it's still pretty early. I mean, you got there in the morning, but you spent a couple hours looking around, so it was probably before lunchtime. Well, good day to you. Uh, My name is Asher Halich. I've come here with my companions, and we were sent by a a friend of uh, one... Actus Edland, and we're hoping we might speak with him if he is about. She turns around, like, quite abruptly and says, Dad! 
Somebody's here for you! And then she leaves. <laughs> and um, a few seconds later, um, Actus um, comes plodding out from the outside, and he walks with a very um, sort of long, loping step as this guy is just, like, super, super skinny, and he's, like, all arms and legs. Uh, so a little bit funny-looking. Uh, he looks like he's sort of late middle age, maybe pushing 60, but not like old. And he um, looks out at you over his sort of scruffy beard and, and says, oh, what could I do for you? Now, is he a tiefling too, or is he human? No, he, he appears human. They always do. Hmm? Uh, Asher will kind of tip his hat and say, Good day to you, uh, Mr. Edlin. We have recently come from Torch, and why, uh, the Phrasman priest there, Mylan Radley, said, if you're going to Yartenvay, make sure you stop by my good friend Actus and introduce yourself, and, well, he sent along this letter to sort of do just that and he'll hand the letter to him. Radley, you say? And he'll take the letter and um, takes a, a, like a set of spectacles out of his shirt pocket and put them on unfold the letter and read it in silence for several seconds, and, like frowning in concentration and wrinkling up his brow and then say Hmm. Well, uh, Crazy old Mylan seems to think you all are good enough folks. Saved a town, did you? That's quite a resume. Yes, well, the the good luck of Caldera was on our side, and certainly you know the importance of caring for one's town and community. We couldn't sit idly by and do nothing. Well, I suppose that speaks well of you, as at least as well as Mylan does, uh, but um, how, what brings you all the way out here? We were, in fact, wondering if... See, we recently encountered someone who was searching for a, a loved one. They, they had the suspicion that his sister might have found have any women come to town that uh, weren't locals at all in the somewhat recent past he scratches his head we don't get a whole lot of visitors um there's a and out at, at headache's place there's a um, a whole group of what's it called uh uh, some Verizians, there's, uh, they've been in town a few days. I can't say as I, not, I know anybody else that's been coming and going. You, you might check headaches, you might check at high home if, if somebody's there, or maybe if you talk to the town council, uh, they, the Deadeye Council, they, uh, they know things. Uh, they, they keep track of the comings and goings more than I do. I uh, don't usually find out about people are here until, you know, they, they ain't really here no more. And he sort of looks out at the graveyard to echo his point. 
Yes, I suppose that does make sense. Uh, but we do appreciate the information and direction. You mentioned not a lot of visitors come here and... Well, we understand how a close-knit community might not be as welcoming to strangers. Before we were to approach the Dead Eye Council or High Home, is there any sort of bulletin board or something in town of of anything we might be able to do to curry some favor with the town? Uh, can't say as I know. Um, I mean, there's there's always plenty of work to be done, but I don't think most people would welcome strangers just showing up on their farms and getting to work. Maybe, uh, as I said, High Home would probably be the, the place to go. You could talk to Red Fang. Uh, he'd... It's his rotation right now to, to run the place, so if anybody knows odd jobs need doing, he'd be the one. Well, I appreciate that. One of our friends here, uh, not here, one of our friends from Tortured Adventured around here and said sometimes there's mutated beasts or monsters that could cause trouble for the town. Anything like that recently we might be able to assist in? Uh, he frowns a bit and says, uh, well, that... Usually they don't uh, come in past the walls, so I don't think there's anything I know of just now. Certainly nothing bothering me. Well, that's good to good to know. Certainly, I figured if anyone might know, I've heard of oh this wild beast killed a hunter out in the nearby area. It would be you, sir. But it sounds as though we're in Rather peaceful times. Yeah, if there's any dead bodies out there, they ain't been found yet. <laughs> Claps Asher on the <laughs> shoulder like that's the best <laughs> joke. Oh, wow, yes. How true that must be, given empirically they haven't been brought here. Uh, so, um, I mean, I could, uh, if you want, I can introduce you to Red Fang. I can, uh, bring you over there or, um... I mean, I can offer you spots on the, the floor here, but there ain't a, a whole lot of space for four. Um, it, it is, it's going to be five. Uh, I am Kira, right. sorry. Uh, five is, you know, it's even more than four. It's true. That's, that's just empirically accurate. So, Brixby, uncomfortable about this turn in the conversation. Father, I, uh... Rolled really well on my religion roll earlier. So, uh, it's Rover. Um, how soon is the Equinox? I know you have that. What is it? The procession of unforgotten souls that you do before the, the autumn feast that the old dead eye has, right? That must be coming up soon. Yeah, it's uh, about two weeks out. So I imagine you're already doing the the thing with the linens and the, the walking. Oh, totally. Sam's not surprised by this question. and I'm totally doing the stuff that <laughs> is appropriate. But, uh, you know, we keep the the phrasma side of things quiet usually. But we're, we're more of a anarastal town, you know. Yes, I've heard that if anyone is to be out doing the walk-in, it's Christopher. 
Well, if it's after midnight, I believe it's Patsy Klein. I should just I should put that out there. Yes, your offer to take us to meet Red Fang is most kind. We'd be happy to take you up on that. All right. Well, um, yeah, my girls can handle things here. It's not like we're so busy just now. Um, and he'll turn and um, call back and say, I'm going out for a bit. Don't burn the house down. And several voices um, call back to him, like, basically grumbling assent. Uh, sounds like there might be as many as three daughters. And then he um, steps out of the front door and closes it behind him and says, uh, Well, uh, yeah, I guess walk this way. And, <laughs> and we'll lead you off with his long, awkward, loping steps. But I'm afraid he won't be leading us to high home tonight. Because I'm going to bed. Night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Good night, Sam. And Cricky Legs. Cricky. And Steven Tyler. And Steven Tyler. Oh, fuck it. the Machine is property of Network Against the Machine, LLC, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods of Enterpath are property of Paizo Publishing. See their website for more details. Theme Against the Machine was written and performed by our own Zach. See the show notes for additional music and sound licensing. If you enjoyed the show, we encourage you to leave us a review. I've always wondered why they could consider that valley so hidden. If they can always continue to find enough to procure its resources. Yeah, well, they kill everyone that knows the location after they give up the sweet, sweet ranch. That's morbid, but I suppose if maintaining the secrecy is of the utmost importance. Clearly, the manufacturers are evil, and we must seek them out now. The Arden can wait. <laughs> Off the Hidden Valley it is. All right, now it's geography checks. <laughs> Wait till nighttime. I can just auto pass that. Oh yeah. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna find Sage's boyfriend the or lack valley. thereof in the Jathakados. <laughs> we're gonna seek out those who are murdering <laughs> everyone outside the Hidden Valley, and um, then maybe we'll see about the daughter Yadve or whatever. And, Mm-hmm. It is the oops the all side oops quest. All side quests. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know exactly how old I'm in. Well, that's English. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Neither of you, wait, Jerome or Jeff, have you ever been to a Tim Hortons? Do you know what I'm talking about? I Oof. have never been to a Tim I know what a Tim Hortons I know is, what it is, but I've never been to one. I've been in a Delta Green game with. Alex Giordano, so I mean, how could you not know? <laughs> I thought you were going to say with, with the Tim Horton. Tim Horton. With Mr. Tim Horton. With Mr. Horton yeah. himself. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who Alex is, but I do know who Tim Horton is. And if you've been in a game with him, then, well. 
Oh, did I forget to mention that time I was playing old Delta Green with Tim Horton? <laughs> and Wendy herself? Wendy and Mr. Starbuck. <laughs> J- Jack in a box. Or Carl's Jr., depending on where you are. And the no. three Dutch bros. <laughs> oh, V-Mods in the back. Boom. Good call. Nope, everyone saw him, and now you're being hunted. Torches. Well, for the greater good, I guess. Who is this rad man? And Asher will <laughs> try his gun. No, um. Is that another alcoholic Mountain Dew? Yes, it is. <laughs> do they come in like packs of 32? Sure is. Or do you just keep torturing yourself? Uh, they actually sell six packs, but they're all different flavors. Uh, these are just two for six, and I just buy them every week. They're basically giving them away at that point. Yes, your invitation to introduce us to Red Fang is most kind. I'd be happy to take you up upon that. Up upon, up, 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 up. Edit this all out. It's very late here in the Midwest. 